This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today's episode is What is Old is Now New. Today I'm going to share with you just some fun stuff from the past week. Right? I'd love to say there's some powerful message here, but let's just clue you in what's going on behind the scenes. So if you're a longtime listener to the show, you probably have heard me discuss my days in the car business before. Right? I absolutely love the industry. I can't even fully explain why. I mean, part of it's the, the rush of having a stranger come in the front door of a dealership, be able to meet them, greet them, get to know them, find out their needs, ask enough questions to be in, right? we'll call it that benevolent alpha position, to be in control without having them feel like you're in control, to be able to then do a needs advantage benefit presentation of an automobile, to then structure a deal that's a win-win for everybody involved, and then to be able to get the customer to leave happy is certainly part of it. Now, I know in the back of your mind, you're thinking, like, that really can't be true. That can't be the way that deals actually work, right? I, I hate buying cars. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. I'm going to give you just the easiest path in the world for when you want to go buy a car, right? This is, I have no, no upside in this other than the number of things that I've, I've bought and sold in my lifetime. If you're looking at a new car, right, domestic or foreign, if you were lucky, there's about 12% total profit margin on the car. Now, that's sticker to invoice and then invoice to hold back. Hold back is what dealers pay. And if any dealer ever shows you an invoice for a car, if you look in the bottom left or bottom right-hand corner, there's a series of numbers. One of those numbers is the actual net net, like what they own the car for. But as you think about what they own the car for, there's more to it than just that. Because if the dealership doesn't hit certain numbers inside of service, if their facility is not up to date in a certain capacity, and if they didn't hit certain customer satisfaction index numbers, they don't get all that money. So it's a little bit of a misnomer. So I like to say there's about 10%. So about 10% margin in a car. And then if it's a domestic car, and I guess it could be sometimes uh, foreign as well, there's sometimes rebates or incentives or... In the Mercedes-Benz world, we called it trunk money, right? Money that came underneath the trunk kind of on internal dealership documents from Mercedes-Benz that you as a consumer didn't know about. And so all I ever wanted to do was to create a fair deal. And fair is what's in the eye of the beholder. Right? When you come into a Mercedes-Benz store back then, you got a loaner car to drive, you got free coffee, free bottles of water, free cookies. There was all this stuff there. Well, it certainly costs money to pull that off, right? So I didn't think the profit was a dirty word. It just had to be appropriately structured. And so, right, as you're negotiating your next deal on a new car, just spend five minutes Googling what are rebates and incentives on insert model make car. See the sticker at 50 grand. Know there's $5,000 total markup there, and there's probably two or three extra grand sitting around somewhere else. So you shouldn't get all of it because dealerships deserve to make a little money too. But if you were to get 60%, I think that's a really fair deal. You end up winning, if you will. But move all that to the side. Right? That's a, a little caveat that didn't need to be there, but it was there nonetheless. What's fascinating for me is that I still have this like insatiable need to have like one finger in the car business. Now, I would love to own 
a small dealership. And really, I would love to own Midwestern Auto Group, the dealership that I used to work at. I mean, every Highline manufacturer under the sun is there. However, the dealership selling for, or is marketed, shouldn't say selling, for more money than I certainly have available. Last time I looked in automotive news, dealership was available for, I think it's 150 or 160 million bucks. And it's negotiable or debatable, but it's probably worth 80 to 90 million, if that. And, right, I certainly don't have either one of those millions of dollars sitting around yet, so I'm going to have to wait. And as I wait, right, maybe a nice little used car lot at some point because I view the world differently in the automotive space. I believe that you could be overtly transparent and change the way that dealerships run. Let me explain what I mean. Almost daily, I find myself scrolling through Facebook Marketplace. And I'm not looking for televisions or gaming systems or used weight benches and equipment. I'm looking at cars. As I'm looking at cars, right, I, I see things that just jump out at me. And I believe that there's a certain quote-unquote thing for some automobiles. Right, you right now, if you think of cars that just made an impact in your life that you always like the way they look, or maybe you've driven one before and you thought, man, it'd be so great to own one of these. We all have those things. And so I'm looking all the time right, for the quote-unquote good deal. Now, admittedly, I have a little back-end information that most people don't have. I have access to see what they sell for at Mannheim Auction, which is really the foremost authority for wholesale values of cars. Wholesale are what dealerships pay. Retail is what you as a consumer might pay. And they're somewhere in between, right? Private party. And so I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. And my family and I drive down to Atlanta, Georgia, see my father for Thanksgiving. We're driving home. And we're driving home, and admittedly, I don't know if I was parked or not. I'll make the story sound better. I'll say that we were parked, using the restroom, getting some fuel, doing something that way. But I pull up Facebook Marketplace and see this white Toyota Land Cruiser. I've never been a big Toyota fan, but there's something about this Land Cruiser. It's, it's vintage. It's classic. It's a 1993 Toyota Land Cruiser. It's white with black leather interior. And I'm looking at this, and I see the price. I'm like, man, that doesn't feel... That doesn't feel expensive enough. And so I do some poking around. I hop on eBay. And I see like, man, these are clean, clean, clean versions of these cars are selling for sixteen dollars to $20,000 with 200,000 miles on them. Like, huh. Well, maybe that's just an anomaly, right? Just because someone's asking that much money for a car in line doesn't mean it's selling for that much money. Of course. And so I look at Mannheim, right, the auction site, to see... Just what the last cars that went through the auction brought. And there's cars with 160, 180,000 miles that brought seven, eight, nine thousand dollars. And this is for a 27 year old car now. Right? The values are going up, not going down. And so I see what the gentleman is asking for it, and I message him, I ask if it's still available. And it is. And so he. You know, we go back and forth, and I say, look, I'm traveling home. I'm not able to come get the car because the car I thought was located in Columbus, Ohio. Not able to come get it, but what I would love to do is to give you a down payment and come get it on Sunday. So I'm driving home on Saturday. And so I give him a down payment. Right? I PayPal him 150 bucks. 
just to hold it until I can get there tomorrow morning. Because we're not going to get home until 8 or 9 at night, and I don't want to mess around trying to figure out the car. And so, Lord knows, my wife and my daughter were super excited to have to get up and drive even more the next day to go pick up the car. Because it didn't end up being from Columbus, Ohio. It's from a little town called Lexington. The same town that I grew up in. So make the 45-minute, maybe hour drive from Columbus to Lexington. I look at the car, and it's 90% of what I thought it would be. And it's not perfect. It needs some paint work. It needs some interior work. It needs a good detail and a little bit of mechanical service work. But here's this car that I had never considered before, didn't have any emotional attachment to, right? had never driven one, but just some told me it was a good deal. And it is a good deal because... By the time that I'm able to have a little bit of paint work done to it, clean up that leather interior, and make sure it's mechanically sound, I'll own the car for less than they go through the auction for. Those seven, eight, nine thousand dollars cars that went through the auction, I'll own it for far, far less than that. And what's happening is the value is just going up higher and higher. But what's even more interesting is I originally bought it and I wanted to sell it, right? I'm, hey, I showed my wife, I'm sitting there, I'm like, look. Make sure I'm not going crazy. Here's a VIN number. Type it in the system. Pulls up the numbers. Says, hey, look, if I just buy this and turn around and take it to the auction, I think we can probably make a couple grand. Cut a, make sure I run it through a dealership. Cut the dealership in on the profit. Right? Title it to them. Do everything the right way. Essentially be a wholesaler for a minute. And Lindsay beautifully states, well, I trust you. If, you. if you think you can do it, you should do it. And so as I'm driving the car back from Mansfield, Lexington, same part of Ohio, to Columbus, and I'm on the highway, I'm enamored with this thing, right, it's quiet, runs strong, it's simple, I don't have the radio on, there's just something about it, and then I remember, I believe, right, I know I'm not mistaken as I say it, but in the movie Belly, B-E-L-L-Y, which was one of my favorite movies growing up, Belly is a hip-hop movie, uh, with DMX and Nas and Method Man and a bunch of different rappers in it. I thought that that's what they were in as they were as Nas was leaving the U.S. to go to Africa. Now, in hindsight, I did a little research, and it's not. It's actually, it was a Land Rover. That was before I even knew what a Land Rover was. And that was so far before all this that I had in my mind it was the same car, which isn't even why I like it. It's just fun. It's simple. Right, there's no remote unlock. I have to put a key in and unlock it. There's no fancy heated seats, just cold leather. And so what is so fun to me is taking something that's old and making it new to me and getting to live vicariously kind of through that time period. Right, I think about it, 1993, which means it would have came out in 1992. I was eight years old. Give or take, we were just moving from East Aurora, New York to Mansfield, Ohio. I don't ever recall seeing a land cruiser on the road. And if so, I certainly didn't know what it was, didn't know anything about it. But here I am with a smile on my face every time I drive what most people would say is this rickety, beat up old car. But to me, it's just the greatest thing ever. It brings a smile to my face. And so that would be my question for you is, what are some things in your life that you look past or that because society says they don't make any sense for you to enjoy, 
that you stopped enjoying it. I realized that a 1993 Toyota Land Cruiser is not the Rolls Royce that I've always wanted. I realize it's also not the Porsche Panama or Porsche 911 Turbo that I've wanted. But I also realize that there's just something about it that it brings me joy. And that I don't have to justify that away. I can just sit and own it. The guy smile walking off to this big white monster of a SUV. And so maybe that's inside the gym world for you. Maybe it's something as simple as the fact of you've just always liked doing push-ups and sit-ups. But over time, with all the biohacking, all the stuff that exists in the world, somehow you became convinced that you had to train a different way. You had to go to a fancy gym. You had to lift all the weights. But you've just always loved squats or push-ups or sit-ups. I'm going to encourage you to take a time out and simply do those for a while. And maybe that's not it. Right? Maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe yours is more in a relationship side of things where as time progresses and you're in a relationship for longer and longer, you're just convincing yourself that things have to be so complicated. That the only way to have the love of your wife or your husband is to buy them nice and expensive things. And you have lost sight of what it used to be to just court the person you're with. And go back to when you first started dating and there wasn't the money. There weren't the things. And you get yourself a hamburger or cheeseburger or whatever it was you were into and hang out in the park and just have a conversation. Maybe it's time to get back to that. And then inside the business, right? I find a fascinating phenomenon going on right now, not only inside my own business, but the clients that I, that I help and I get to serve and spend time with. And that is the human touch is what's really winning right now. It's no secret that I'm the one that keeps telling you you're not one funnel away. As much as much as a man named Russell Brunson wants you to believe you can buy his software for $297 and become a millionaire overnight, I don't see it that way anymore. I see the people want to have conversations and conversations lead to conversions. They want to know, like, and trust you. They want to be heard. That's a, that's a 1980s thing. Maybe that's an early 90s thing. That's a pre-internet thing. Like, get to actually know the person that's going to spend money with you and what actually you can do to help them. And that's where I come in. And I love the fact that I get to have conversations with brilliant people that have a sticking point. And whether they're a coach, a mentor, or a consultant looking to level up their business, or whether they're a high-level producer and they just can't see some of the blind spots, it all comes from a conversation. And there are some people that I'm just not the best one to help. And I love that. I've been able to know somebody enough to say, I'm not the best fit. Let me introduce you to somebody new. With that, I'm Ryan Nidell, wishing you truly unlimited success.